Welcome to Crypto Talk Radio, the podcast for everyday investors like you. Visit us on the web at CryptoTalkRadio.net. And now, here's your host, Leister. Thank you for that, Bailey, and welcome everybody out there in Crypto Talk Radio, found at CryptoTalkRadio.net. Audio's on point. Can't really say the same about cryptocurrency, folks. We're going to chat about this because we got a, quite a bit of news that happened. And some stuff that I wanted to cover just for personal sanity's sake. Just a personal blurb, right? So I went, this is the first time I went physically to meet with the client and to interact physically. And so there's a possibility, if the media is to be believed, there's a possibility that I dropped dead from COVID because I was physically, you know, in an office space and in in close spaces, in a conference room with no ventilation that I could see anyway, and a bunch of people chatting and breathing and spittle and the whole nine. So it's, it is entirely possible that I drop dead at some point in a near to distant future. So I'm documenting this on the podcast at CryptoTalkRadio.net, just in case that does happen. So there was at least some trailer evidence that I, that I was aware of the situation and where I was. Now, the other half of this then, I got in the mail, it was sent to me from the person who oversaw the proceedings, but I got, I I don't know if, there may be people who are new, and by the way, welcome. My name is Leister, I'm your host. For those that are new and wouldn't have known or knew where and wouldn't have known, my brother passed away in February this year. It was sudden, wasn't expected. Nobody saw this was coming. He was ill and then apparently allegedly recovering. And then we got the news he had passed away. So the person that oversaw this business sent me the death certificate. So I had it for record. This, you know, I feel like slapping somebody when I read this death certificate. And this is how I knew, man, there's some shady business going on, right? So first of all, my, my brother was adopted. He was not my blood brother. He was adopted. So the last I knew he was trying to seek out his birth parents. But usually when you adopt a child, there's some information given as to the child's origin in some way. And I know he had to have had like blood tests and there had to have been some evidence somewhere that can be traced back to familial roots. The birth certificate has a place of birth that I am i don't believe that's where he was born. It might have been. I'm not saying it wasn't or was. I'm saying I don't think it was. I think he was born somewhere else. But then as I went down, it it claims that he was never married, and I'm pretty sure that's true. Pretty sure that's true. And later, when I looked at cause of death, okay, it correlates to what was told to me as when he was ill, okay? But then it says... <laughs> Manner of death natural, which I don't agree. Don't support this. Did tobacco contribute? Unknown. What the? How is that possible? How can you not know? Okay. So, and description of injury? None. Okay. So they just really rushed this out here. And so I'm I'm looking at this. I'm like, come on, man. This is a joke. And I'm not trying to tinfoil it. But what I don't know is whether or not he got. Uh, jabbed in his arm. I don't know that for sure. All I'm saying is that the death certificate I see is a joke and I'm appalled to see how sparse that it is. And it doesn't surprise me why so many people have all these mysteries and why there's so much smoke and so much 
dissatisfaction and distrust of our government when you get crap like this. Anyhow, let's talk some cryptocurrency. Let's start with some numbers. We're going to skip the transition because this will be pretty quick. Although there's a lot to talk about. Coindesk.com is where I go. And I look at the charts here primarily because they give me the best sense of sentiment once I figured out all that, how they screwed it up. There's a couple things that happen. First of all, zooming out to the month chart shows more red than green. However, we had a little bit of a pump up. It got almost up there past the, and the Ethereum, I refer to this. It almost got past up to the 1800 mark again. Started crapping back down and we started heading back down again. And I said that the, the month chart gives me the sense of direction. It gives me a sense of where we're going. Even if there's a pump, Usually it doesn't last. And so I use this as kind of my indicator of we're going up, we're going down, we're stable, whatnot. Long vision, I see that it's roughly stable as in it's where we expect it to be. You're wondering how that's possible if we ran up. The run-ups were based on other news and some stuff that I'll talk about here momentarily. Some stuff that was in the past, but some stuff I'll talk about here momentarily triggered some of this and then people took some profits out because they were down for so damn long right? Well, I looked over at Bitcoin because Bitcoin gave me a little bit of a cleaner sense of what likely was happening during the run-up period because Bitcoin had, Bitcoin looked like it was the origin of the run-up. Bitcoin went as high as $28,000. Now it's middling somewhere around 27.1 to 27.6, hovering about 27.5-ish and then kind of wavering up and down. Well, the 28,000 got people excited. And then we saw a bunch of sells and some liquidations otherwise. But the run-up, the news that triggered the run-up, the big thing that got people really happy is that Kevin McCarthy got ousted as the Speaker of the House. You're like, oh. so <laughs> there's a long story behind this business. Here's what happens. So we had the government shutdown that was looming over our heads. They averted the shutdown. They passed a continuing resolution, which basically funded the government for another 45 days. In order to make that deal, Kevin McCarthy had to basically have a jar of Vaseline off the side, his pants down his ankles, because he had to give in because he tried to get stuff cut out of the pork bill and he couldn't do it. So there was a risk of a shutdown. He didn't have the balls to shut down the government. And you're saying to yourself, well, we shouldn't want a government shutdown. And I would agree with you. On Casual Talk, then, I talked about how we got to this era of near-fatal shutdown situations. And the bottom line is that most people believe we, we kind of have to rip the bandage off if we're going to move forward, and we can't just keep, you know, aggressively spending on wasteful things like we've been doing and then raising taxes and dealing with sky-high inflation. We're not solving the problem with this. So a lot of the so-called conservative, I say so-called for a reason, so-called conservative Republicans were not happy or satisfied with Kevin McCarthy bowing down to the demands of the other side. They wanted him to hold the line. They wanted him to get all this pork out of the bill because he didn't do it and because he gave in. They're extremely dissatisfied. Matt Getz, who's who basically said he was kind of leading this push, said, we're getting rid of this guy. This is not going to work. He's not serving our interests. We're not going to do this. We got to move forward. Kevin McCarthy's been having problems since he got in there. And 
Unfortunately, with Mitch McConnell freezing live, Kevin McCarthy was kind of running solo in terms of the voice of the current, quote, republic. Now, Representative Patrick McHenry steps in there. He's a Republican, obviously. Steps in front. He's going to stand in for now. And he happens to be cryptocurrency friendly. How does this benefit you? It doesn't. Because the bills that we're talking about largely don't benefit cryptocurrency. The pump and the reason it didn't last is because although he's crypto friendly, there's nothing he can do right now that's going to have a significant impact on anything that affects you. What it does do, potentially, and I stress potentially, is put more guardrails around the SEC. Remember I talked about how the Congress is trying to get guardrails around Gary Gensler and say, we need to start enforcing what we say to be the truth, and this guy can't just run rogue. So it's possible you see some speech going on in that direction. I don't think that's going to happen. Now, he is temporarily in the seat. It's expected that they're going to hold a vote and try to figure out who truly is going to be the replacement, permanent replacement for Kevin McCarthy. Nobody really settles. Nobody really has the eye, and only Kevin McCarthy has been in the limelight. We don't have anybody else that really has been in the limelight, except for Kevin McCarthy. The other risk they run into is that they lose the strength to get anything done because of this disruption. There were warnings coming from multiple of the House saying, now's not the right time to get rid of Kevin McCarthy because we're going to lose whatever leverage we do have in getting stuff done. So, although there was a pump because Kevin McCarthy got booted, the pump didn't last because people were like, it's like, oh, that's right, crap. We might actually be in a worse position. I don't have a stance either way. I share it because it may be something that affects your portfolio as this thing plays out. Recently, a judge said, for your whole business, Mr. Gary Gensler, you're trying to appeal that decision for Ripple denied. Absolutely denied the motion to appeal this. This is another thing that caused a little bit of a pump is there's at least going to be a more time and more delay before the XRP decision is going to be undone. This did not have a significant impact positive on the XRP price. It just helped with the temporary pumps that we saw very most recently. Long-term, I think, my opinion, I think what's happening is the SEC, I talked about this in a past episode. I think they're trying to do an end run. They're trying to get backdoor using the original judge and saying, no, we still have an avenue to declare these as unregistered securities. And we can say that they violate Howie. And as a result, we're revisiting this and we want to appeal the original judge's ruling. Now, The judge, the rejection of this, is saying, I understand how you feel, Mr. Gensler, but this this is a this is a pointless, I don't I'm not I'm paraphrasing, but this is pointless. It's a waste of everyone's time. It's not worth investigating this business. What we're talking about here is interpretation of a law that doesn't have any specificity to the cause that you're trying to present. Because of this and because of how long this has been going on and the fact you really don't have a rebuttal to the original decision, it's not important enough to broach at this time. So again, it's a, yeah, 
means it could still go on more and more. Yes, it could still go on more and more. The appeal could go forward later. They just have to reposition the case. They have to represent it in a different way so that it has enough weight for the judge to consider it. It's not done. It's not over. And so while there was a little bit of pump and people got profits off of it, it wasn't going to last for the long haul because we still are going to be having these conversations about unregistered securities. I talk about how influencers negatively impact the crypto space because, and I'm not even referring to just the layman ones. I'm talking also celebrities. They negatively impact the crypto space. Well, turns out there's a whole industry of cyber crime targeting some of these influencers using AI. What they're doing, and you may have known this, but it wasn't as bad as it is now. What they're doing is they're using artificial intelligence tools to create deep fakes of these influencers using their likenesses to scam people out of money, fiat, as well as cryptocurrency. So the ones where they're shilling a token or something else, and it's a, you know, hey, I just saw this over on the side. You might want to check it out. The deep, deep, deep turns into, you want to buy this now. Buy it now. This is going to be, you know, so they're ratcheting it up. And they're using this deep fake technology to scam people out of their cryptocurrency. One of these influencers goes by the name of Mr. Beast on YouTube. He told, and he has a significant following. He told all of them, I, this is happening. There's a deep fake running out there around me. And I was not the one who said these things. So what happened is they created this deep fake and it's an ad of his personage you know, pitching this product and there's nothing he could do about it because at the end of the day, if the deep fake is done well enough, it's really difficult to get around it. Now it, you can detect deep fakes. It can be done. It's not that it's difficult, but the challenge is that AI is not just around what you see. AI is also around what you hear. And so the difficulty is when you have some of these influencers who do not have a unique voice about them or who do not have, or who is easily replicated. I'd say Kim Kardashian, her voice. If it's easily replicated, it makes it easier to replicate the situation, to create AI audio, audio rather, or AI video or something else around these people. And it's getting advanced enough to be interactive, to answer questions as they come up. That makes it even worse. So then who are the largest targets? It's going to be the ones that have the largest followers and largest following counts. Taylor Swift is listed on these. Emma Watson's listed on these. Even Tucker Carlson's listed on these. So people have been asking, well, what do we do to stop these? And as I said, I don't think there's very much that you can do. You got a long way to go before you're going to be able to corral the use of artificial intelligence essentially stealing somebody's likeness to shill a token. So I say to those listening here at CryptoTalkRadio.net, it is imperative that you're careful around the shills that you fall for. And you can't go wrong with the fundamentals. As I've emphasized that if you're new, I'll repeat my list. The website needs to be solid. It needs to have information that you can independently verify yourself to be the truth. They should not force you to telescan. You should be able to independently verify the people on the site. 
are legitimate against reputable sources. It should not be heavily hyped on social media, in my opinion, and it should do something. These are simple things to look for. Unfortunately, greed and in some cases, desperation has caused people to just leap after all these one-off dogs or frogs or cats or whatever projects. And if you choose to do that and you're a gambler, I celebrate you, respect your right to do that. I'm emphasizing, I don't recommend that you do that. But once again, it's up to you how what you choose to do with your money. A gentle service reminder to everybody, Binance, the exchange, is phasing out Binance USD. So they're locking out. They've already gotten rid of some of the uh, liquidity pools. They're getting rid of it. The deadline for this is October 25th. This does not just affect you as a Binance customer. It affects you as a user of Binance USD. And I would highly recommend if you hold Binance USD that you swap to a different stable coin prior to the deadline because we don't know what's going to happen. Like it may lose its peg or something else may happen to it. So I'm strongly recommending that you switch away from Binance USD given the uncertainty of what may happen Come October 25th, it is totally up to you, but I am strongly recommending that you do so prior to October 25th. On X.com, formerly known as Twitter, an account named Satoshi, at Satoshi, suddenly woke up and tweeted for the first time since 2018 and gave a very benign message about what was happening. Now, people were speculating that this was not the real Satoshi that had quit way back yonder. So in 2018, it is true that Satoshi, the believed to be the person who founded Bitcoin, actually did quit Twitter and went silent for the longest period of time. Then later came the whole Craig Wright and all this. Well, this account recently tweeted again and said, no, this is not, this is not the true Satoshi and you need to get rid of it. Where does this come from? Sleuths on X found out via past research that a person named Andy Rowe at Andy Rowe curated quotes from Satoshi back in 2018. And it's expected that that is, the, that is actually the person who's running the account is this Andy Rowe, and it's not the real Satoshi because obviously Andy Rowe is not Satoshi. This is, this fiasco... <laughs> helped in this temporary pump because people thought, okay, Satoshi's back. He's going to help cryptocurrency. We're going to run up again. October, November are usually pump months. When this clarification came out and community notes got involved with it after some research helped with some of the pump, uh, you know, crash back down. I don't know what to think about it. It's because I wasn't watching. I certainly wasn't watching Twitter back then. So I can't say for sure. I am telling you that people don't believe it's the real Satoshi who sent that message. Even though the dates seem to correlate, nobody knows if it's the real person because nobody really knows who Satoshi actually is. So just be careful. Brazil very recently, this is my last bit of news, Brazil very recently has developed in alignment with a their internal data processing a private blockchain for digital identity. I mentioned briefly, and I didn't elaborate on it, this WorldCoin crap, and I said, 
I don't support this, and I would never support anybody getting into it, but you're free to do what you want. Well, the Brazilian government trying to build their own digital identity system, I said that I support the governments actually doing it for themselves, and I support it being overseen at a governmental level so it's not in the hands of private companies. 100%. I have no issue on this. This was just announced back in September. They're going to adopt blockchain technology for their identity documents by November 6th. That's a very aggressive goal. November 6th for identity documents using blockchain technology. I also talked about, and this is on the casual side, I talked about how with the DMV, you can't hold a driver's license in multiple states, which is stupid. They can't get access to your birth certificate digitally from your birth state, which is stupid. They can't access your driving records, half of nothing, which is stupid. And there's disconnects in the data sources. I think it's cool using blockchain technologies to facilitate the transmission of identity documentation, assuming they can pull it out. I don't know if they can. I'm saying that if they can pull this out and make this work, I think it's a very cool thing. And I think other countries should consider following suit for governmental transactions. I'm talking using it as the ledger for identity information, especially if multiple different agencies can leverage the same pool of data instead of duplicating the data across. I know that the United States isn't going to do this kind of thing. I know they're not going to do it. I say that. Some states in the United States actually do have digital presentation for certain documentation, but we're a fraction of the way where we could be. I like this, and I'm going to be keeping an eye on it because I think it's a great thing. If more countries can get on board with it, we might finally help get into that next era of being able to share your, your data I'm talking your governmental data identification, you know, stuff without having to duplicate it just because you move or just because you come from a different country or whatnot. Very exciting stuff. I like to see. I don't want to see the CBDCs, but I don't mind using blockchain technology for something that's actually going to benefit all citizens alike. Really cool stuff happening soon.